0: You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 281. In this episode, we'll talk about how to determine if your cravings are due to a lack of nutrition and how to fix it so that you can eliminate cravings for good. So let's dive right into this topic about cravings. A lot of times when you have cravings, your body is missing something and it's trying to tell you that it needs something, but you can't figure out what it is, so you just automatically eat whatever you can find. So if we kind of go back to what the definition of a craving is, it's the intense, uncontrollable desire for specific foods, stronger than normal hunger. So there's more to a craving than just smelling something that smells good, like at the mall and you want a cookie all of a sudden, or seeing something on TV and then thinking, oh, that looks good. I'd like to have some of that. That's not really the craving that we're talking about. Cravings are going to be more for specific types of foods. And because of that, they can be very good indicators of nutritional deficiencies, These are strong signals that your body is out of balance. Now, it can also be caused by other factors such as hormone imbalances, unstable emotions, or even pregnancy, but we're going to look at cravings right now in terms of your body missing something and probably having a nutritional deficiency. So when you have cravings, the first thing you have to do is some personal investigation. You kind of have to think about the last several days or maybe even the last several meals and what may have been missing from your food plan. And this is where the food log is the most important tool you can use to help yourself with not only how you feel, your cravings, your energy levels, and most importantly for weight loss. Now I'm going to put a link in these show notes for a sample food log that you can copy and use and Find out maybe where you're having these deficiencies. So the first thing you need to do, whether you just use a notebook for a food log or the form, is keep it consistently and be truthful. Make sure that you have the right portions of what you're eating and make sure you write down everything that you eat. I mean, it gets tedious. I know that. But the information you gather is so important and so critical to your success, it's definitely worth the effort that you put into it. Now, if you've ever done a completely honest food journal, you've probably been surprised at some of your numbers and maybe your carb intake and protein intake or lack of either one of them. So when you do this, don't feel ashamed or guilty about what you ate, even if it was something that you thought was not optimum. This is raw data that you need to solve a problem. So just think of it in that respect, not anything that you're going to be judged on. You just need to be able to analyze it. Now, your cravings can be a biological drive for some carb filled foods or other nutrients that you might need. And once you've got this data on paper, it's much easier to identify where you may have had different dips in your meal times, or different increases in your carbohydrates, or drops in your protein intake. Whenever somebody wants me to analyze what they're eating or what their weight loss obstacle is, the first thing I tell them to do is keep a food log. I tell them to write down what time they eat, what they ate, and if there were any emotions or feelings around that time as well. I have them do this for at least three to four days. A week is more optimal. And you'll be surprised, people want my help. I tell them do this one thing, and oftentimes they don't. And I cannot really guide someone if I don't know what you're doing. So do yourself a favor, take a few days to write down what you're eating and when. Maybe you don't add it up as far as the calories or the nutrients, that's okay. You're looking more for patterns. And there's several patterns that you might find. The first is you might find that you've been missing meals. Maybe you skipped breakfast, maybe you forgot about lunch. Maybe you don't have any snacks and you go for hours on end without food. The second common pattern you'll find is missing a major component in a meal. Maybe you didn't have any protein in your lunch or very minimal, or maybe you didn't have any carbs in your breakfast, or maybe you had no fats throughout most of the day. Now, the third common pattern that you're going to find is just not eating enough food to support the activity you're doing. Now, I know everybody talks about calories in versus calories out, but you know what? If it was that simple, no one would have a weight loss problem. So no, it's not that simple. It has to do with your meal timing, with the quality of your food, and making sure your body's getting enough to recover so that you can continue on whichever path you're choosing, whether it's gaining strength or losing weight. Now, what's even more concerning is that you probably will find that you have all three of those common patterns, and that will definitely make things add up quickly and not in your favor. Now, you might not feel a huge difference during the exact day that you're recording your food, but when this pattern continues and you're lacking enough carbohydrates or enough fat or you're missing meals um, or you're missing components in each meal, it's going to add up and you're going to feel it by, well, a few days later, maybe even a week later. But not only are you going to feel it physically, you're going to feel it mentally Now, physically, you can feel bloaty, you can have low energy, you can be super fatigued. Mentally, you can be cranky, sluggish, maybe even unfocused. And the mental aspect of what food does for you is one of the most underrated factors in motivation. Keeping your head sharp, making your body feel good, making you feel good, even dictating your attitude and disposition. This mostly comes from your food intake and keeping your blood sugar levels even. Now, what I'm going to do is give you two easy fixes for cravings, plus three supplements that help with craving control. All right, so I had to throw my uh, transition in there somewhere. Anyways, the two top fixes for cravings are number one, analyze your food log. Well, I guess number one would be keep a food log and then analyze it and look for those missed meals. You want to be eating every four to six hours apart. You can think of it as feedings, not necessarily meals, and they can be breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, basically just keeping an influx of nutrients in your body. And when you think about babies and how they are constantly eating and growing, well, that's what we need to do too. If we're constantly eating, we're allowing our body to grow, which means your body's going to recover, which means you can add some muscle that boosts your metabolism. So think about, again, how babies get super cranky when their meals are off-timed. I remember when my daughter was a baby, you could always tell when it was getting close to mealtime because that's when she would get cranky and, and crying because normally she was very happy and just laughing, giggling, and really she didn't cry much at all. So. So I always knew when we were getting close to feeding time because that's when she would get kind of antsy and not quite herself. And the same thing holds true for us. I mean, you know, sometimes your blood sugar drops or you've gone too long without food and you are are cranky. Well, cranky is putting it mildly. Um, I think we've all had that. What do they call it? um, Hanger. Anyways, it's just plain old bitchiness because your body's saying, give me food. I do not like this situation. Okay, so as long as we can keep ourselves on a regular schedule for eating or for meal time or feedings, then we're going to be much nicer to be around. And you may have even heard or experienced that the dieting people are always cranky because they're low on food. And it really shouldn't be that way because when you're having balanced meals and keeping track of your food and doing it the right way you're going to have plenty of energy and you're going to feel great. So there really is no reason for people to be cranky when they're quote unquote dieting. um, Because if they are, they're not doing the right things. And I see that often with people preparing for competitions like bodybuilding or figure competitions, and they're all cranky and low carb or whatever. Well, first of all, they probably didn't start soon enough. Because if you start soon enough in your plan, then your weight is going to come off slowly, which is not necessarily what everybody wants. But It's a better way for your body to be able to maintain it in the long run. And it's also a better thing for your brain to not be screwing up with your blood sugar levels and then basically lashing out at everybody around you. So even if you don't think of eating frequently as something that you want to do, think about the people around you. Maybe they don't want you to be cranky all the time. So maybe put it in terms of, you know what, I need to eat on a schedule so that I'm not about to kill everybody around me, or I eat on a schedule so that people want to be around me because I'm a nicer person then. So I can't stress enough how important it is to take anywhere from three days to a week and keep a food log so that you can analyze what you're doing, what your body's feeling and fix it. I mean, you're the only one that can really do that. And like I said, it may be tedious, but to be honest with you, whenever I do competitions, I always keep food logs so that I can figure out, okay, how is my body reacting here and there? Because you know what, what you eat today is not going to affect you tomorrow, it's probably going to be the next day. And everything that you do this week isn't necessarily going to show up on the scale at the end of the week, it's going to be the following week. And depending on what you do, your results may take a week or maybe two weeks to show up. So when people just do something for one week, it's not enough time to see that actual result. And that's why a lot of times with people diet from, say, Monday to Friday, and then eat and party on the weekend, well, their body doesn't get into their fat burning until that Friday, and then they blow it all. And so they're right back to square one. So take your time, use a couple of weeks, again, one week maybe to analyze or to log your food, and then the next week to analyze it and act on it. And that way, not only are you going to be losing weight and breaking plateaus, but you're going to be boosting your metabolism. And our goal is not just to lose weight. It's permanent weight loss that's sustainable. And that means keeping your lean muscle, boosting your metabolism and making your body the way it's supposed to be, where you can eat something that might previously be forbidden and not gain weight. And yes, that is completely possible. I know it because I've been there. I think you've probably heard me say before, I used to look at pizza and gain like 10 pounds. Now I eat the whole pizza and I don't gain any pounds. And that comes from going through everything that I'm trying to teach you guys, which is don't overdo the cardio because I've been there, done that. Do go in and focus on strength, lift weights that are heavy and challenging for you. Do that to build muscle, to increase your metabolism. And maybe you enjoy cardio, that's great, but give yourself a good few months to build up some muscle and do everything you can to keep that because that's your long-term fat burning. I'll have some updates for you at the end of this podcast, and that'll actually include um, where you can find some of my history or some of my story, um, so that you can understand that you know I have been in the same positions that you have been in. And I've just kind of taken the time to not only change things for myself, but tested on my clients so that I know it works. The second fix for cravings is also really really easy. It's hydration. And it's definitely one of the most effective ways to get rid of food cravings. You know, water is essential for metabolizing glucose into usable energy. So when your body is dehydrated, it's going to crave sugars to replenish what it thinks is insufficient glycogen stores. So staying hydrated allows your body to actually metabolize the glycogen that's already in your system and do it more efficiently. And in doing this, it actually can cut off cravings before they even develop. So, I mean, we all know that hydration is important, but did you know it's important for that reason too? And it's similar to hunger in the sense that if you're feeling dehydrated, you're probably over and atop dehydrated. Kind of like when you're feeling hunger pangs, you've missed meals and you're over and above and you're starting to mess up your metabolism. So you don't want to get to that point where you feel those big hunger pangs and you don't want to get to the point where you feel like you're really, really thirsty either. And that's why a lot of people carry around bottles with them everywhere so that they can hydrate properly. I don't know if you have to do that. Sometimes you can have a bottle here, a bottle there, but just track it for a day, just like your food log and see if you're getting adequate water. Or if you think you might be having a craving, drink a big glass of water. Maybe you are just dehydrated. Now, for the most part, you really don't need to use supplements to help with cravings, but sometimes people are in extreme situations or they feel like these things help them. Maybe they're placebo, maybe they're not, and you might want to use some of them. And As a matter of fact, the three supplements that I'm going to recommend are actually good for general health and for maintaining muscle and building muscle, and basically across the board, they're all good things to take. They're nothing extreme. Or anything with stimulants these are just things that help to maintain a nice healthy body and a healthy system so the first one is glutamine now that's something that will also help your body recover from your workouts and from stress because remember workouts are the same as stress on your body just like your day-to-day stress so we just keep adding more and more stress and if we don't recover then we can't keep our lean muscle so glutamine is actually an essential amino acid and it plays many different roles In your body but the first and foremost is recovery from stress. So that means it's also going to help your immune system which it's also going to help your muscle growth, your workouts, and a whole bunch of other vital bodily processes. The important thing to think about is that glutamine is so essential for your immune system it's actually a significant energy source for your white blood cells and other immune cells and even your intestinal cells. So how do you use glutamine to help you with your cravings and help you recover from stressful times and your workouts? Now, when we talk about glutamine levels and your workouts, you can actually drop your glutamine levels about half after an intense workout. So obviously you need to replace that. And since it helps to speed up and improve your recovery process, if you're missing that, you're going to start to get more run down. You're not going to see results. Now, glutamine for muscle growth is obviously going to boost your overall health It's going to help your recovery time, and in that respect, also reduce infections, which goes back to that whole immune system. Now, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that glutamine can also help your intestinal health, and a lot of people talk about gut health, and your intestines make up a huge portion of your immune system, and with glutamine being an energy source for that, it actually helps to prevent problems with what they call the leaky gut syndrome, So again, multiple reasons to add this to your daily plan. Now, glutamine can help curb these cravings that you might have because it addresses that desire for carbohydrates that is connected with your low mood or maybe an addiction to sweets that you might not even realize that you have. It can help to eliminate some of the obsessive thoughts too. You know, those thoughts that you sometimes have about food obsessively, um, and sometimes you might actually be maybe addicted slightly to sweets or just have low mood swings. Either way, it's something that needs to be addressed. And since the brain uses glutamine as an energy source, supplementing glutamine can also help with obviously your brain function, the way you feel, and these cravings. So how do you use glutamine? Well, you can take one or two grams of it, it's usually in a powder source and you can put it in water and you can do that before meals to reduce your overall carb intake or food intake. And it does this kind of on two methods. One, because you need to put it in a big glass of water. And of course we know that hydration is going to help with cravings, but also the way it helps with the different processes in your brain and your body. Now, some people will even put glutamine in their water and drink it while they're working out. I know I've done that quite a bit, and that can be helpful too. It really doesn't taste like anything, so it's not like anything you need to worry about that. There are companies that put flavoring in it or they add other components to it, so it's one of those personal preference things. But normally, just straight glutamine is going to be a very thin, thin powder, um, and it's going to mix pretty easily in water. Now you may or may not want to use it every day and you might need to use a little more or a little less, but you definitely want to have it on the days that you have really intense workouts or if you're um, premenstrual and you know you always have cravings, things like that will help um, if you are dieting severely, which I certainly hope that you're not, uh, then you would certainly want to take it before meals. But either way, really good uh, supplement for both general health, working out and to help with your food intake. The next supplement that can help you is magnesium. And you may have heard of magnesium being helpful for different situations. And this is actually the nutrient of insulin sensitivity. And poor insulin health is what leads to that whole blood sugar roller coaster, which obviously is going to make you gain fat and also make you obnoxiously cranky and make you feel horrible too. And the low blood sugar or the blood sugar roller coaster, is often triggering intense and repeated carbohydrate cravings because, again, your body is telling you it needs more. You're just not really interpreting it correctly. So you shove whatever you can in your mouth to get your blood sugar back up. Now, another important fact is that the enzymes required for the body to burn glucose are magnesium-dependent. So a deficiency in magnesium is going to cause a sluggish metabolism, and the last thing you want is a slower metabolism. In terms of food, magnesium deficiency tends to cause cravings for chocolate, nuts, beans. So you can certainly make better choices for the cravings. I mean, you don't have to take magnesium to supplement. You can just Choose other foods like fruits and nuts and seeds and and avocado um, if you're having a craving for chocolate, nuts and beans. So that would be one option. The other option would be supplementing with magnesium. And the studies show that usually 250 to 300 milligrams of magnesium can actually reduce carbohydrate cravings. And the dose is a little bit higher for healthy athletes uh, who already have a low magnesium intake. They're actually suggesting about 500 milligrams of magnesium daily, and that would help lessen your post-exercise elevations in blood glucose and lower muscle soreness. So not only will you help regulate your blood sugar levels, which will help you, your body let go of fat, but you're also going to help decrease the muscle soreness that you might normally feel after an intense workout. And if you're already taking a multivitamin, check and see how much magnesium is in it before you add additional magnesium. And then there are also some different formulas out there that combine magnesium with some other supplements that support your blood sugar health. And one of those might just be our supplement number three, chromium, which we definitely have talked about before because it is very effective in helping to regulate your blood sugar levels. Um, I know I had issues with this ages ago before I kind of found all the (laughs) answers to keeping weight off, and it did help a lot because my blood sugar would go up and down and it wasn't regulated correctly. So I did add that to some of my meals, and it definitely helped. So it's something to look into if you feel like you have an issue with your blood sugar levels. And that's basically if you have that kind of emotional roller coaster um, when you eat or don't eat and need to regulate them better. And in doing that, chromium helps to prevent carb cravings because when you are low in chromium, you will have cravings. So if you're craving something sugary, then definitely your blood sugar levels are out of control. There is another downside to being low in chromium. It actually can cause fat to accumulate in your blood, leading to high triglyceride levels. And of course, that leads to increased risk of heart disease. So maybe if you have really high triglycerides, check your chromium levels, which can certainly be done easily with a blood test. You know, talk to your doctor about it. Anyways, food uh, sources of chromium are things such as meat, cheese, some spices, and certain vegetables. Now, if you're wondering if you're actually at risk of having low chromium levels, then here's your criteria. Um, 90% of Americans that have low chromium are either elderly, or they're people that do a lot of strenuous exercise, or people that eat high-carb foods or pregnant women. So that's a big chunk of people that can fall into that category. So, most of the studies have found benefits of chromium to be in that 200 microgram uh, level and taking it one to three times a day. And that's probably what you're going to find most supplements are going to be around that 200 microgram level. Um, And then again, you have to either talk to your doctor about it or figure out if you want to try it once a day or twice a day. Uh, Usually, you do take it with meals, but of course, you're going to want to follow whatever your doctor recommendations or the recommendations on the actual. Bottle is. Uh, the other thing you can do is start adding more broccoli, green beans, mushrooms, fibrous vegetables basically into your diet to help get a little bit of boost in that chromium. And of course, when you add those fibrous vegetables to your regular meals, that slows down your blood sugar levels or the absorption of your blood sugar levels, and that's going to give you a more steady, even keeled sort of energy. And that is exactly what we teach in the fitness makeover. You have balanced meals or feedings, so that you don't have cravings. Now, these supplements will help you recover. They'll help you with cravings. They'll help your immune systems, so that you can continue to work out on a regular basis. Because remember, you know, stress is training. Stress is day-to-day life. And anything we can do to help minimize that and recover from it is going to help you look and feel better. Supplements are not the only things that can help you with your cravings. Obviously, exercise can. It can sometimes create them if you're too run down, but it can also help to curb them. The thing is that when we are stressed, we tend to find excuses to skip workouts. We're too busy. We just don't have the energy. Um, But instead of skipping a workout or if your time just doesn't allow a workout, look for the opportunity to do something that keeps your muscles active and strong. And it could be parking farther away. It could be walking faster to wherever you're going. It could be maybe gaining more awareness of the muscles you're using while you're walking or just doing a few things at home to keep everything moving, fluid, active. Because physically, exercise secretes endorphins. And you know you feel better and refocused when these endorphins are running through your body. So that's going to allow you to refocus on your goals and, and reduce cravings. The other thing to think about is that when we're really stressed or busy, that's actually the time to prioritize your workouts and it doesn't have to be the regular plan that you follow and your workouts don't have to be perfect, you just have to move your body. Maybe just some light stretching or anything that's going to help you feel your muscles move through ranges of motion and it can be isometric contractions, just tightening your muscles as you move a joint. It can be breathing, focusing on developing those breathing habits that we're trying to use during yoga and things like that. But think about your workouts not as something that has to be better and better each time. It just has to be something that either feels good or maybe there's a slight improvement in one area. So it doesn't have to be your weights going up each time. It doesn't have to be the number of repetitions you do each time. It could be as simple as just you focusing mentally more on what you're doing and just really getting the blinders on and focusing on the muscle and the feel. And that's something that's going to benefit you in the long run. So how do we get some sort of exercise in when we're busy and help use it to help reduce cravings? Well, obviously you have to plan. And planning also means, okay, what's a five-minute workout I can do? What's a 10-minute workout I can do? And there are some of them I think there's a couple of them on the YouTube channel. I know there's a couple of different programs that I created that have five and 10 minute workouts, and you can get a lot done in that time. And having that plan, knowing what you're going to do is going to make it even more efficient and faster. So make sure you have some sort of plan for your kind of emergency workouts. Um, Also your meals. If you don't have meals that you can take with you, then figure out, okay, what am I going to eat if I go here or there? You know, what are my better, bad choices? And I know those are in some previous podcasts too. And if you have time to do a full workout, great. But if you have time to do a workout and you get to the gym and somebody's using the machines that you wanted to, don't freak out about it. Just adapt, pick something else and say, okay, this is where I'm going to focus on feeling my muscle work for each exercise. Or maybe this is where I'm going to make a change just for this one and do those exercises that I hate. Um, Of course, we don't hate any of them. We just like some more than others. But either way, at least you get in there and you do something because usually there's something you can do even if the gym is really busy. So when it comes to cravings, you have to make a pact with yourself to figure out why you have the craving first before you act on it. So think of a simple checklist and you can even write it down and have it near the refrigerator or wherever you look all the time. And it can say, what am I craving? And then you can ask yourself, have my meals been on time? Is my blood sugar low? Have they been balanced? Maybe my meals have been all carbs or all protein or all fat. And now my blood sugar level is low. Ask yourself, do I need some supplements maybe to help? me with this. Maybe you're under an excessive amount of stress, or maybe you've been doing some really hard workouts or both. So maybe you need that supplementation. Did you miss a lot of workouts? Maybe you're stressed because you haven't done those workouts. You haven't had that outlet to kind of make you feel good and increase those endorphins. So before you go to satisfy a craving, you know, ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself, is there a physiological need for this craving? You know, is my body trying to tell me that I need something? Or can I really live without caving into this craving? Am I going to survive if I don't have whatever I'm craving? This is where you become smarter about what you're doing. So not only are you working out smarter, but you're also approaching your food, nutrition, diet, whatever you want to call it, because they all mean the same thing, smarter. And just thinking before you jump into something. And like anything else, the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit. Remember, habits can be for good or bad. And if you have a craving and you go through your checklist, that's creating a good habit, one that's going to benefit you. You want your habits to be things that bring you closer to your goal, not farther away from it. So another question you can ask yourself when you have a craving is, when I eat this, is it going to get me closer to my goal or further away from it? And that's a simple yes or no answer, and that should make it a lot easier for you to take the next step and figure out what's going on with your body and what you truly need. We covered a lot of information in this particular podcast, so I'm going to give you a quick summary right now. You have fixes for cravings. That is analyze your food log, which of course requires you making a food log. Assess your hydration. Make sure you're getting enough water. And then maybe look to some supplements such as glutamine, magnesium, or chromium to help with your blood sugar levels and recovery. And then use a checklist to see if you really need this craving or if your body's trying to tell you something. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.